I'm Nikia Cheney. And I'm Cassidy Perong. And I'm Raina Shalise. And you're listening to Amplify, where we provide space to amplify the voices of students who have not been historically heard at Cabrillo. That would include Black, Chicano, Chicana, Latino, Latina, Indigenous, Asian, and any other group of students who feel marginalized on our campus. This podcast series was made possible by support from the Faculty Grants for Student Success, FGSS, and the Associated Students of Cabrillo College Grants, ASCC. If you want to join in this conversation or support our programs, please reach out. We'd love to hear your voice. Hello, this is Amplify Cabrillo College's podcast series, and we're doing a special outdoor celebration podcast out in the wild event um, for Black History Month. We've got some really, really cool people here who's going to talk to us on a lot of students. Um, cool. And so, <laughs> so let's introduce, I'm Nikia Cheney, um, one of the uh, co-founders of Amplify. We have Raina Shalise. You want to come say hi real quick? She's our other co-founder. Hello, hello. So excited to be here. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> and Cassidy Parang is here. Hi. <laughs> and then I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves. So this is Lady Jazz, um, KSQD Heritage Gospel Uplift on Sunday mornings on on your favorite community radio station, KSQD. And um, I'm also known as Jinx Derose. And I've lived in Santa Cruz for over 55 years, um, arriving here as a young UCSC student. So, in the arts. Ooh, welcome, Lady Jazz. All right. And. And I'm Chris Davis. Uh, I live here in Watsonville. I like to say I'm not from here, but I get it done here. Um, <laughs> and I've lived in Watsonville for seven years now. Oh, Originally from the Midwest. All right. All right. And we've got some students. Hi, my name is Carson. Uh, I was born in San Jose, but I've lived here since I was young. And I just wanted to say I'm super grateful to live in such a beautiful place like Santa Cruz. And then we've got some students remote. Um, so if, let's see, if maybe uh, April will go ahead and introduce herself. Hi, my name is April. Um, I'm actually in uh, New Jersey right now, deployed, but so happy to be here remotely and to just learn. All right. And then we've got uh, Uvia. Uvia. Hi, my name is Uvia. Yeah, and I'm just happy to have the opportunity to listen in today and hear everyone's... Welcome, Uvia. And we've got Tara. Yeah, Tara's here just trying to find it. I'm walking around the building. <laughs> <laughs> and so Tara is remote, but hopefully she will be in person in just a second. And Dalvin is here. Hi. I can't wait to listen to what you guys have to say. 
And we've got another student who we're just going to throw in the mix right away who just walked up. Come on and introduce yourself. Yes. Oh, okay. Hello. Good morning. My name is Devin, and I just made it (laughs) after I have been driving around in a couple of circles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, that's when you sing the song, we made it, we made it. there's another student coming, too. She's walking this way. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. So we're all here. Yay! Yay! Oh, Tara's here. Tara just made it. So we're all here, and we are live, so you may hear a lot of background noise. Um, You may hear some ambulance sirens and cars and whatnot, but just know that we're all here together um, celebrating Black History Month um, and just being a community. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So let's start, you guys. Let's start, right? Right? What does Black History Month mean to you? Let's start with that first question, you guys. What does Black History Month mean to you? We can just kind of go around in a nice little circle. So we'll start with Lady Jazz. Well, um, I'm representing the elder here today, (laughs) as I can see. And um, Black History Month has always represented an opportunity for me to to relish the... the, um, the benefits that I've had uh, living in Santa Cruz and and being able to grow into my blackness in uh, an area that is so um, welcoming and at the same time challenging. So it's been very it's it's when especially in respect to the history, um, a lot has been available to him. I met Huey Newton. Huey Newton and Angela Davis and 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 other um, historical folks and and yet it was done in a context that was educational rather than front lines. For myself, um, it seems like every year for myself. Um, it seems like every year I learn about someone who I should have known about forever ago. Just learning of people who've done incredible things. Um, and so I try to remind people that black history is U.S. history. So black history month and black history for me. So black history month and black history for me means the black experience. Experience. Embracing black joy, black hope, black inspiration, and understanding what it's like to stand together as a community, and that's what black history means to me. So we've got another wonderful student with us today, um, Molly, who's going to introduce herself. Come on in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am Molly. I'm sorry. And we're answering the question, what does Black History Month mean to you? So we can continue, just go around the circle just a little bit. What does Black History Month mean to you? So you want to answer, Molly, or you want to move it on to the next person? That's fine. For me, it means 
learning and discovering more about the history of, like you said, the American history of everyone and what our culture is and appreciating things that I honestly didn't know about our history and coming to terms with accepting how ignorant I've been and opening up to accepting that I don't want to be that ignorant anymore and I want to learn everything I can. Hi, my name's Tara, and um, like Molly, Black History Month means to me is a chance to learn. She, she said it so much better, but I want to echo that there are things that have not been talked about. As an informed person, I shouldn't be learning about Tulsa from a TV show based on a comic book. Hi, I'm Clarkson, Thank you. and Black History Month to me is a time to become more... I am Carson, and Black History Month to me is a time to become more informed on racial inequalities and the trials and triumphs of the past few centuries. Um, more recently, I've been learning in my history classes a lot of things that I didn't know before. And I find that I am misinformed because I have not known enough about the culture. And we've got some other people who are here. We've got Noah over here who's going to introduce himself. Go ahead, Noah. Hi, my name is Noah. I live in the Santa Cruz area. Black Hi, my name is Noah. I live in the Santa Cruz area. Black history means to me is learning about important part of our past and culture as a country. And then we've got someone from the Watsonville Center who's going to come on over here and introduce herself. Come on. Hi, my name is Olga Diaz and I work here at the Watsonville Center. For me, I'm just happy to have you here today. And what does it mean to, what does Black History Month mean to me? Also an opportunity to learn, already somebody said it, but also to see what shared experiences we might have with uh, um, the African-American community, with the black community, with the Latino community, with, we have so many shared experiences that just for me, it's an opportunity to learn and, and, um, and work All right, together. I, I really you. love that, you guys. It, echoing that learning, but also echoing that it's U.S. history, but let's shift gears a little bit and start talking about identity, right? How do we identify? What does it mean to, and I'm going to give it over to Lady Jazz and Chris for a little bit so they can talk about, like, what does it mean to identify as black? What does it mean, what does it mean right now at this time and moment? So go ahead, you guys. I guess I'll go first. Um, this, <clears throat> this topic came up in conversation yesterday. And it's like, I can't wake up and be a white person. It's clearly that I cannot use whiteness as a privilege. Um, so, I mean, I wake up as I am. 
you know, walking down the street, people are scared of me, and I like to joke. It's like, I already have your purse. I already have your wallet. <laughs> and leave me alone, you know? Like, that's how I identify. It's just like, mind your business, oh, and we're good. Um, how I identify is by identifying, first off, as a human being and keeping myself grounded in that and uh, certainly recognizing that I'm certainly oblivious many of the times to what people may or may, because I'm, I'm not actually looking for reactions from people. I'm literally being myself. And if I get an overt reaction <laughs> is when I go, oh, wow, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> but generally, um, in my 69 years here on this planet, um, I've had the privilege of being able to um, do a lot of things like sailing and and uh, flying and different things that and, and hiking and climbing and things that would have ordinarily not just been a racial separation, but a ca- a class caste separation. And that's why I'm coming more and more to the identity of caste, which I think 1619 Project really helps us to appreciate the qualities of caste. So I highly recommend that book. And, uh, um, and yes, <laughs> identification. And I have other identities as well. A black gay man, too. And so that's a whole other can of worms. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, you know, I, I always think of it. Um, I was talking to one of my classes the other day, and we talked about how race is prescribed, right? About how it's given to us through our physical characteristics, right? It's something that we may feel that we are completely different, or we may have this different type of identity, but it's prescribed to us. And I remember being very young and, and thinking, you know, man, it's so hard to be black in America, right? You know, like this is really, really difficult to do. But then when I began learning about the history, um, that shifted and I started thinking about coming from this really strong tradition of resistance and this strong tradition of community. So for me, that identity is based in learning about that history and learning about those traditions. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. But I want to open it up to all our students. We have so many people here, many more than I expected. But um, how do you identify? And do you want to share any stories about that? With how do you identify? How do you identify? Divine? I know she said Devin, but you are divine to me. I will take that. I will take that. Listening to your story. Um, you know what's interesting is that listening, listening to your stories and your shares. It's funny that two conversations I had yesterday echoed both of what you both talked about. On NPR, there's a new um, theater production about. African-American people being turned into a white person, and it's this entire theatrical play that's just about to come out. 
And I was talking with the client yesterday about um, the cast book and how interesting it was for her to be in the presence of someone like me who identifies as a black woman and her understanding what my hair means to her. And I find now that more than anything, I identify with my skin and my hair before people ever ask me about who I am. And one of the cool things about it for me is that I've always been considered white, quote unquote, by my voice or my vernacular or by what I do. But if I don't even open my mouth, I'm considered black. So I'm in this very interesting space of just trying to identify with myself because everyone else keeps classifying me as something else. Anybody else want to come in and talk about identity um, or anything like, like that? I know it gets hard because it's so personal to us, right? And we get a little scared to talk about the hard stuff or the difficult stuff, right? Because it's like, I don't want to offend, and I want to make sure, and I want to make sure this and that. So it's good to kind of sit back and listen, but also to question, to ask yourself, who you are in all of this as well, too. So, I mean, that's valid as well. So any experiences or stories that you want to share, that, that's helpful, too. And if not, I'll turn it back over to Lady Jazz and Chris. <laughs> I can tell you some stories about Santa Cruz. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not sure if many are familiar, but Santa Cruz does, well, did this thing this year for reparations for black people who have been called outside of their name. And for the first time in my adult life, I was called a nigger in Santa Cruz a few months ago. And um, sharing that story with a group of privileged white women changed my perspective on what that word actually meant. And it wasn't as triggered for me as it was for them. So it was really interesting when I woke up on Sunday and had a check in my bank account from reparations, and it just blew my mind. Really? Blew my mind. Really? I did not know about that at all. I heard something about it, but they actually are giving money yes. to people yeah. who have gone through um, racial discrimination here in this county. Okay. We're going to yeah. find a link for that and get yeah. that information out for you guys. I'll, uh, I'll share definitely. it with you because yeah, I've heard of that project yeah, yeah that's a good sign though that's a good sign it was really cool because um one of the women that i had a chance to meet actually again in a meeting about um umoja was the historian luna the historian who presented to these women and their minds were blown and i had to ask them the question have you not been outside <laughs> Have you not been paying attention to what's going on in the world that everyone has a story and it's not necessarily our narrative from the past? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're talking, and she's talking about um, Luna Bay, who is uh, 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 a community organizer here in Santa Cruz, who's been doing talks about African American history and Black history here, which I think is so important for us to seek out and and to find. But but. Uh, 
Lady Jazz. Jinx, um, weren't you part of a book circle? I've been in several book circles. One, the most recently through the uh, the uh, Santa Cruz uh, um, place over on, on Ocean Ocean Street. The, uh, resource, Re- resource center for nonviolence, yes, and uh, um, it's interesting because I recently, within the last seven years, discovered that I had a South African heritage through Twenty Three and Me, which of course wasn't available for my parents' era and and uh, um to know precisely. So it was always interesting for me when I discovered that Africa was not just a one people place, that they had different peoples uh, there, and they don't refer to themselves as tribes. They do do see themselves as different peoples uh, with from from um, a geographic area. And, and their designations were artificial too you know that the idea that in africa uh, the continent was split up by europeans to designating colonialized areas so understanding more and more of what that all means means that i was south african but i came from the central area of africa and uh predominantly and um and then having Jewish heritage and having um, uh, French-German heritage. And just all of this gave me a perception of that I'm walking down the street and somebody's seeing me as black, but I represent so many cultures and, and backgrounds. So that's why the cast book really support, and now the 1619 Project has really supported me in understanding what this really is. It is not about color. It is not about my hair. It is about uh, financial gain and how to um, marginalize people so that you can experience them as a way to to market or materialize. And and it has been through the history since 1619 when when blacks first were introduced to this continent so that's uh, <laughs> a quick synopsis of how i'm feeling right now yeah, no. is anybody else familiar with the 1619 project here no it's no. an incredible I'm book i'm not a good teacher right what Okay, well, we're going to have to have that lesson, you guys. I'm going to have to change up a module real quick. Um, but the 1619 Project is a collection. I'm not oh, it's a collection of essays, um, some art, and some poetry. Um, I can't remember who wrote it. Oh, gosh. Nicole Hannah Brown. Nicole Hannah Brown. Um, she is a journalist, and she won a Pulitzer Prize for it because these articles reframe history from the the point of view of black people who were taken as slaves from Africa to the United States. And they look critically at like the history of slavery in America and how that history has left this legacy. So for instance, they might, one article is about labor and they talk about, you know how the way that we have, we structure our labor here, you go out, 
work eight hours, get paid, come back home, right? You have a five-day work week and all that. Well, the problem is that the way that we set labor up, they took that system from the plantation and how they were tracking what the workers, what the slaves were doing, the enslaved people were doing at that time. So that foundation of, the, of slavery is actually, hey, this became something else. Another one is um, freeways and how redlining affected where we have suburbs, where we have uh, you know, um, metropolitan areas and how those things are set up, right? And it comes directly from discriminatory housing projects. So it's a, it's a beautiful collection of essays that I think I would make you guys read. <laughs> it's a beautiful collection of essays. But just like Jinx was saying, um, Lady Jazz was saying, um, learning that history and thinking about that history changes how you think about yourself here. Can and, I? and to give you more import about this book, it is the reason why there's this conversation about critical race theory. She was a new, she's a very well-regarded, well-respected writer with the New York Times. And when she um, had these articles come out, then it resurfaced this, this concern about teaching anything other than Martin Luther King and... Uh, Malcolm X. Uh, they, well, they don't, you know, in most history books, in, in, they, you don't even get, in, in our classrooms, you only get that there was slavery and maybe a couple of paragraphs, and then you get Martin Luther King. And that sums up generally how people refer to black history in this country. And so this book was able to um, enrage some people because it brought to the forefront this co the concerns of um, people who didn't want to hear it, just don't want to hear it, don't want to have it, and don't want their children to know about it. And so as a consequence, uh, this is a very important book, and just like uh, the young, the book last week, about a couple of weeks ago, that to have in the public discussion and, and awareness. Um, it is a great book, and I want to correct myself. Her name is Nicole Hannah-Jones. Okay. That's her name. Um, and the other point that I wanted to make is that, personally, I'm tired that February is the only time these conversations happen. Like, it's not true for me. Well, well it's, it's not true for us, but in the broader population, it's like people only care about black history in February, which is ridiculous. And that's just how I feel. Chris, can you tell us about the coalition's work, though, the Santa Cruz Coalition that you're a part of? Can you tell a little bit about some of the things that you've been doing in this community? Um. Um, so we organized, we organized after the murder of George Floyd. Um, and I think this is probably probably the largest number of black people in Santa Cruz like that have any sort of communication with each other. I don't know if you, if you think otherwise, Jinx, but that I've seen. Currently. Yeah, currently, currently. Um, and so it's, 
we started, you know, just having some just meetings in uh, parks, just outside, just getting to know each other. Um, Last year, Nakia was integral, or actually was the reason we secured a grant to really form an organization. And so we are working towards making that a reality. We're going to be opening up an office space at the Resource Center for Nonviolence soon that will be, you know, a, a place where people can come, use computer space, and just learn what's going on in the community and how to get resources. Um, so there's a lot going on there. It's a very much a work in progress, um, but it's, it's a powerful community because we are 2% of the county's population. Um, and so it's making the invisible visible. Yeah, and I think that I love that you said that making the invisible visible. Um, because I mean, Jinx, what are some other organizations that are doing things that you want to talk about? In Santa Cruz, we have the uh, NAACP, of course. Um, the um, the, we have a college, Oaks College, which always represented highly when I was there so um, and I finished working up at UCSC in 2005 so I'm assuming that it's still there's the um, um, there's uh, arts programs up that that are at UCSC as well Um, and uh, wow um, but I know the Resource Center for Nonviolence is very conscientious about doing um, black awareness throughout their year. And there's also the Black Health Matters Initiative, um, which has, I don't know if you can share the, the report that came out from them, but they did a, a capital assessment project, and so they surveyed um, the black community in Santa Cruz and they released about a 70 page report on health among black people here. So there's, there's a lot of things happening. Um, yeah. No, and this is important to kind of get out there, right? This is, this is, this is a, a podcast. This is an audio program, but you know, I, I want anyone listening to it to know that, you know, Black people in this county can often be overlooked, right? But there are organizations, there are initiatives, there are things that are happening. There are ways to learn your history, like Divine was talking about. There are community groups to join. There are art programs if you want to join. I think that's really, really, really important to get out. Um, you know, that's what a celebration to me is, is you go, you go to a barbecue, you go to a party, you meet people, you talk to people, you laugh, and you go away with some numbers. Right, you go away with people that you know, some some relationships that you make. So that I think was really important to kind of get out there and say. But uh, what else, you guys? What else do you want to do? Any last words? Anybody else want to add in anything to this conversation? We got. I'm really grateful to see these all these beautiful heads, <laughs> shots with masks out here, and. Uh, that's why I made sure to get over. I, I live down the street, so I made sure to get here to support this event, um, knowing 
because there are so few of us here, <laughs> there might not be anyone here. So, um, so grateful to see you, and thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. And my Black History homework for you is to Google Edmonia Lewis. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Any other last words from anybody here? I guess I'd love to share that I'm glad and honored and blessed to be a part of a conversation that is bigger than myself, that so many people are willing to hear and learn from each other. And I'm grateful that we can celebrate culture and joy this month and hopefully throughout the rest of our time. Um, everyone. Thank you. Oh, before I forget, there's a, a program on KSQD called uh, Unheard, Un Voices. Unheard Voices on Friday afternoons and generally different, like, uh, different community members of color are on that program speaking to uh, subjects that reflect the community. <laughs> yes. What did you learn? What did you learn? Homework time. What did you learn? Go for it. Go around. Well, I definitely learned that there's always more for me to learn. Yeah. <laughs> here, here. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and therefore, don't feel sad or, or remorseful that you didn't know something. I have found that the best thing about aging is, is that I discover how much I didn't know. <laughs> and, it, and it supports me in being a little lighter on myself and not expecting at 21 to know it all, which is what you feel like when you're 21. <laughs> not necessarily is it true. And, and, to, and when you make a mistake, to know it's because of your ignorance that you made that mistake and all you have to do is become informed, which you usually do through a <laughs> the consequences of a mistake, but that's another thing. <laughs> so it, it allows you to be compassionate towards yourself and to your community because I swear there'll be many times that I just have to, to have empathy and compassion for people who are doing some really stupid things. And I think uh, if you haven't seen the movie Don't Look Up, I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been listening to Amplify, Cabrillo Student Podcast. We've had a lot of people here today. I didn't get to my Zoom room, my remote people. So if you're still on Zoom, if you want to say some last words, let me know. Um, hopefully you stuck around for the conversation that we're recording. Um, if you want to say some last words, oh, Dr. Kofi is here, and Ariba is here. Were you able to, 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 to listen in a little bit? It's good to see everybody. Thank you. Hi. Hello, everyone. I did get a chance to listen in. Awesome. Did you have any last words or party words you want to you wanna say? No, Dr. Kofi. Is our equity or director of the Office of Student Equity? 
And Ariba Alston uh, Williams is a um, student support coordinator um, at Cabrillo. So we've got some administrative people here as well. So again, if you want to add into this conversation or end us with something, we would love that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So um, one of the things that I'm happy about, and I'm making some final preparations for it is on this coming or well, next Tuesday, um, several persons who identify as black, African-American, Pan-African um, took the African ancestry DNA test. So they'll be able to find out what um, tribe they're from in a present day country. And so uh, we're going to have a reveal party on Tuesday uh, from o'clock until about 12. Um, there's also going to be some other things uh, for for Black Heritage Month, and so I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, for students um, and and also staff members, just to be able to reconnect. I've already taken this assessment, and um, you know, to be able to see your results where you come from, right? Um, it just really did did something for me personally um, to be able to have that connection to to the motherland and so I'm really excited to be able to to be able to do that next week I look forward to and I think Ariba took the assessment so Ariba is going to get it um then also um Alta um also took it and, and several other students so um hopefully in the near future if there's others who are interested we can do that I'm definitely I'm happy to partner with people um once we get back to campus we can look at ways to to do that again but um it was good seeing everybody Yes, I am excited about the reveal party um, and um, getting just a little bit more information about my heritage, you know, is always exciting for me. I'm also excited that students are going to be back on campus so that we can have more time together. Um, I know that usually we decided to have more of a celebration on campus, which we haven't been able to have, but um, it'll be exciting to be back together and be able to um, network with each other and learn from each other. So I'm ready to get back to that. Thank you so much, Dr. Kinjade and uh, Ariba. So it looks like we might have to go on and Zoom bomb the African Ancestry Party. So next week, I think we're going to we're gonna do is we're gonna head on over there <laughs> and party over there with everybody else, okay? So I'm gonna go ahead and just do a little pan, um, a little pan out so you guys can see everybody that's here and everybody that shows up. And then I want us to go ahead and just yell out as loud as we can, Black History. <laughs> Ready? One, two, three. Black History. It's U.S. history. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for tuning in to Amplify, a podcast series for historically unheard Cabrillo students. You can join us by emailing Raina Chalice at R-A-C-H-E-L-I-S at cabrillo.edu or me, Nikia Cheney at N-I-C-H-A-N-E-Y at cabrillo.edu or even texting 
1-800-273-3651 or visiting our website at podcastforcabrillo.wordpress.com. And amplify your own voice too.